Talking Travel and Sally Lucas. Hello to you. Hello, Jane. And we're just coming into winter, aren't we? I mean, it is tomorrow. And I thought seeing as we're coming into winter here, I'd talk a little bit about winter in Europe. Which isn't all that far away. It's not when you think how fast this year is travelling. So if anyone is thinking of heading that way at the end of the year, I just thought we'd discuss some of the options you can have. And, of course, skiing is always on the agenda, particularly in Europe. And I thought we'd mention France this time in particular because it's a very inexpensive place to ski. I think we have visions that it is an expensive area to ski, but it is not. And the whole thing is it's got such a wide variety of slopes and pistes and, and different levels of course. And, you know, if you look at a map, which I have here somewhere, Jane, and I've lost it, but that's all right, I'll find it. Yes, here we go. So, you know, you've got ski fields even up sort of near the, the border of Germany, near Strasbourg and Freiburg, which is the Vosges. Then you have the Northern Alps, which is near Geneva. You've got the Southern Alps, of course, which is obviously further south, down past um, um, Grenoble in that direction. You've got the Massive Central, which is west, uh, about southwest of Lyon. And then you've got the Pyrenees, which are virtually almost down on the on the Spanish border. So you've got a wide, wide range of ski resorts and slopes to choose from, and as I said, to suit all levels. The interesting thing this week, they've had people come out here to discuss uh, with travel agents in Sydney, actually, from the area of France called the Montagne and the, the region there that has a lot of ski resorts within that particular region. And they're also talking about marmots which are these funny little creatures that look... I don't know what they look like. Do they look between a a, um, a mouse and a well, wombat? Bigger than a mouse, I think. Yeah, but like but they're hairy. But finer than a wombat. Yes, but that wombatty shaped face. Yes. They're cute little creatures anyway, but yes. apparently they're, they're available to be seen in lots of these areas apparently. And people go just even to try and find them, these little... And you can do marmot discovery tours. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, but you don't have to like marmots to go and uh, visit a French skiing territory. And, of course, as I said, there are some fabulous places to go. So they've had these people out here with also the, um, um, the, the regional manager of the French Tourist Board here in Australia as well, um, just sort of currently, I guess, getting, getting us ready for the ski season over there. And believe it or not, um, as we've said, it is a massive territory, but it is the largest ski area in the world. Everyone probably thinks Canada or the USA or, you know, but it is actually the largest ski area in the world. And also, um, it, its scope, just to give you an idea, is like five of the major US ski resorts combined. Um, so you've got this here, and you've also got snow all winter long once it starts falling, so you've got a great ski season. It generally starts at the end of November or thereabouts, depending how the weather's going, and can run through till early May, depending you know, on what's available and the, the type of snow, of course, that you like skiing on. Um, but also within... Of course, these areas of beautiful Alps, you've got wonderful food, um, you have markets, you have um, hiking available, you have cross-country skiing, snowboarding, all sorts of options and all sorts of styles of resorts, depending whether you, you know, want a more exclusive resort, whether you want a friendly family resort. You've got self-contained accommodation, so you can do it quite reasonably. Um, you've got, you know, hotels. And I think the good thing is, you know, lots of these places are very accessible by train. I mean, to some of them you could fly into, say, Lyon or Grenoble. They nearly all offer good connections by train or bus into their resorts. I mean, when you're flying into Paris, you know, it's quite easy to get your train connections down. So, you know, you're not worried about, I guess, sometimes flying in with weather can be an issue. So often train is, is often the safer way 
of getting there. And it's an, a nice way of doing it, of course, of travelling by train through the countryside. Um, so, yeah, I just thought, look, just consider France. I mean, think of skiing. It's um, Lyon or even Geneva would be another place you could fly into as well, by the way. Um, you've got the Trois Valais, which is uh, France's largest ski resort as well. Um, and you've got, you know, 600 kilometres or so of, of runs. So you think of that, that's, that's quite amazing. So, yeah. Think of France, think of skiing, and honestly, if you check into it, you'll find the prices are very, very inexpensive. Any excuse to go to France, Sally? That's me, isn't it? I can't help it. Well, we're talking travel, and we know where we're going next. Sally Lucas, we're heading off to winter markets. Yes, Jane, and I think these always look fabulous each year when I look at the photos as the festive market brochures come out and, you know, what's on offer to do in Europe. And we all forget that Europe is so beautiful at this time of the year as well. And now we're talking winter now. Winter, it's yes, winter. this time. Oh, it's beautiful at this time. Oh, so this time. Yeah. They, have, they have a beautiful winter is what I'm they do. trying to say they as well. Do. Yes, and you don't get the crowds then, so it's often a lovely time to go and for us to experience that white Christmas or that that you know that white winter that we don't have unless you're down the snowy mountains of course but yes I just think it's nice to talk about these if you're thinking of planning a trip to Europe and there's a nice little six night seven day trip that's got two departure dates in December um, the first and the eighth of December and it's doing some lovely lovely little places in Germany and I know you'll correct me with my pronunciation Jane because you have a better grasp of the German language than Go I do to it, okay so we're starting in Frankfurt and we're going to Heidelberg and Treeberg in the Black Forest region, uh, which is fantastic to go to that area. It's such a beautiful part of, of Germany, which I have been lucky enough to get to. Um, and then you're going on to um, Lake Constance and Honschwangau sort of, Fussen. These are where you've got some beautiful lakes and as well, of course, in rugged countryside of the Bavarian Alps. And of course, you're going to the wonderful old fairy tale castle of the mad King Ludwig II, which is Neuschwanstein. Um, and then after that, you go into Oberammergau, which is home of the famous Passion Play, of course, uh, onto Munich, which, of course, has some wonderful markets there. I have a friend who's just moved there recently, and some of the photos she sent me so far of how Munich has evolved and changed are just absolutely stunning, beautiful. Um, and for me, you're actually going across to see where Mozart came from, which is in Salzburg, so you are ducking into Austria for a little bit as well to see some markets in there and you're coming back then through that beautiful walled village of Rothenburg where you can do the night watchman's tour of the ramparts etc um, on to Nuremberg and then Würzburg and back to Frankfurt lovely itinerary lots of great inclusions good accommodation uh, buffet breakfast to get some snacks and a farewell dinner and all your sightseeing included so something really lovely to do and yeah just think of christmas markets and that's with um, eastern euro tours as the company that runs those if you're wanting to have a look at those itineraries and just see if they appeal to you and i'm going to talk about something that we're good at here as well our own little lovely island state of tasmania is continuing its award-winning streak at the Australian Gourmet Traveller Travel Awards that just just been held um, this week. And it took home four awards, which I think is great. Um, so the, the star, I think, has been Mona, which people may have heard of, which is the Museum of Old and New Art. And it's been getting rave reviews for all its exhibitions and the events it puts on there, from, from the weird to the, to the beautiful, to it just covers 
just about every aspect of old and new art. So it's, of course, taken an award again as well. And actually, Hobart beat Melbourne to take home the title of the best weekend away destination. So there you go. Mona was crowned best cultural attraction, of course. Um, and then they've got other awards for boutique accommodation. They won, which a hotel called the Islington Hotel. And the best resort or lodge was the beautiful Sapphire Freysonet in the Freysonet National Park. So it's actually um, Australian Gourmet Traveller made a, um, a comment that Mona had sort of put the Tasmanian capital firmly on the itineraries of art lovers both here and beyond. But also they say Hobart is um, not short of pilgrimage worth the accommodation, eating and attractions just waiting to be discovered. So Tasmania, it's got a very cool climate as we as we know, but it's still a, again a great place to, to navigate in winter, um, you know, whether you're trekking through areas or finding little hidden cafes and shops or they have these wonderful, you know, food and wine gastronomic sort of events you can go to in the winter months as well. So good on Tasmania. It's lovely to see that they've won those few awards. And being recognised for some of their superlative produce and the way they handle it. Exactly. It's fabulous. Well, thank you, (laughs) Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM.